We work hard, we play hard. We are gamerpreneurs. Individuals who have chosen to give up the security of a nine to five in favor of getting to set our own hours, of doing the work that we want to do, and we refuse to give up the hobby that we grew up with in order to quote, grow up. We have learned countless laws of life and sales from the games that we play, and we excel in everything we do. We see the wonder and glory in every interaction. We fit in awkwardly with the rest of the world because they don't understand our quirkiness, and we wear it as a badge of pride. We are focused, clear, and know what we want. We are gamerpreneurs, and we are taking over the world. Hey there, everybody. Dr. Bradford Carlton here, the Gamerpreneur. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur podcast. In this episode, I kind of want to just discuss something that's been on my mind. I've I've talked over uh, this topic a little bit with some of my guests that have come on, and I just wanted to give you my impressions on it. Today, we're talking about haters. Um, So many of you listening to this podcast are streamers, and so you got your chat, and you got people coming in all the time, you know, making fun of you or saying mean things or trolling you or hating on other people in your chat. And you, you sit there and you're thinking, man, these people are horrible, horrible individuals. You know, I, maybe I should just ban them all. And uh, what I want to say is haters can actually be a good thing. And let me kind of go through my own history with haters and we'll, we'll talk about that. So I, um, I really um, got started being hated uh, when I first started doing stuff online, and I, I haven't streamed or anything, but that, but um, when I was uh, an attorney, uh, my wife and I really built our law practice using internet and social media marketing to get clients. And as we would be posting our ads in Facebook groups and, and where else, uh, people would come in and they would say some of the most mean and nasty and horrible things ever they possibly could about our law practice and they had never been our client. And so, you know, as an attorney, you're not ever supposed to disclose who your clients are. And so you're not supposed to like combat people who are saying horrible things about you. You're you're really just supposed to take care of that one-on-one, you know, behind the scenes and never let anybody hear about it. But you get all these horrible people saying awful things about my wife, my law practice, that, you know, if the first few times you get told these things, it really hurts. Like, what, I mean, did we really screw up? Like, how did we offend this person? What, what is it? Like, what's going on here? Like, oh man. And you start to doubt yourself and you feel all this, this worry and depression about, you know, maybe you're not doing a good job. But, you know, the truth is you need to look past that and really look at what is going on with, with you know, that person. So um, let me fa- fast forward a little bit, tell you a, another story real quick. Um, when my wife was turning 30, I think she was 29 at the time still. So when she was 29, she had always had a life goal of being a millionaire by age 30. And we were coming up, it was like October of the year before, and her birthday's in March. And she's like, I, ha- I have to do something because this is my life goal and like I'm freaking out and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. And like, like you know, so we're like, okay, look, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do this, this crazy crackpot idea. She had set a deadline of October 15th, you know, as like a, a phase one kind of thing. And okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna make a million dollars in like a week. All right, how are we gonna do that? We're like, well, I just, you know, st- this was years ago. I was just learning about uh, selling product online and, 
I had been a, a business law attorney, so I was selling services, but those are always one-on-one -on -one services. And I was really just starting to get into online marketing, online sales and uh, funnel systems and advertising. And it was right at the beginning of my, my coaching career. And so we decided we were going to make this million dollars in a week because if other people can do it, we can do it too. And so we decided what I was going to do is I was going to film a week straight, more or less. I, I was literally going to be on camera for 20 hours a day for seven days straight. And my wife and an employee of ours were going to be in like the back room handling uh, topics that I was gonna be able to talk about, handling driving traffic to, to watch me, figuring out products for me to sell online while I was building websites like on the fly. And it was actually a really cool experiment. I learned a lot about uh, a lot of different systems and processes and OBS and recording and, and you really find your voice right quick when you're talking for hours and hours and hours and hours straight. Well, you know, we figured, you know, we've got this great base of people who are all our friends and acquaintances and associates in town and, and throughout the state that they're just going to absolutely adore this project. They're going to tell everybody about it. And we will we'll pull this off because, you know, all we need is like some percentage of the people who see it to share it. And, you know, once we get a percentage of that and percentage of this, and we, we did all these numbers and it, it sounded really good in our heads. And so we went at it. And what we found was all of these people who were our quote friends, these people who like supposedly would be there for us, you know, if we ever needed anybody or would, you know, say a good word if we asked. They, as soon as I started, the, the only things out of their mouth were, you're never going to do it. This is such a waste of time. You have no idea what you're doing. And, you know, it's pretty clear this is never going to work. And I'm like, I've, I've only been at this for like two hours. You're, you're hating on me, really? So... It just goes to show you, it doesn't matter if it's a complete stranger or a to an absolute you know, friend of yours, you know, you're gonna have haters. The, the people are out there, they just want to hate. They, they have to say something, they've gotta put you down. And the reason for that is they, they wanna feel better about themselves. I was out there trying to make a bunch of money really quickly, and I'll be quite honest, I knew generally what I was doing, but I didn't know everything I needed to know. Um, but it was really cool because we were doing this and all the while people were actually like some people were actually watching me like all day long and they would tell other people and other people would come in and watch me. And we got some decent deals come out of that, that experiment. I, we never made a million dollars. Oh, well, but you know, we got further than not trying something. And so whenever I think about haters, I think back to that, that million dollar project I had where you know, by my hater standard, I failed. I, I was a miserable failure because I was not close to a million dollars. But for my standards, I'd spent a week, you know, putting myself out there, trying something completely new for me. And I got stuff out of it. I got money out of it. I got clients out of it. I got projects out of it. And this was so cool because, you know, hey, it was a week and I got, I got some clients, cool beans. Whereas my haters were sitting back at home, they'd get on the Facebook, see me do my Facebook live and go, told you this wasn't going to work. And then they go back to watching TV, not trying anything, you miserable, horrible people who didn't enjoy their lives. And it, honestly, if you ask them, they would tell you over and over again how much they really didn't enjoy their lives. So, you know, when I'm talking to my guests on this podcast and they're, you know, I ask them, you know, how your chat is, what's the worst trolling you, you got, a good number of these people are 
they, they have this uh, sense that, you know, it doesn't really matter how mean my, my chat is or the awful things they're saying or the horrible things they're saying because these people, you know, they don't really mean anything to me. These, these haters are just people coming in and at the very least, at the very least, it's somebody engaged in my chat. So if there's other people in my chat and they're like, hey, dude, that wasn't cool to say that to the streamer. Now I got a little bit of a conversation going. That applies that applies everywhere. That applies to everything when it, uh, in any kind of business. You know, um, you may be familiar with Grant Cardone. He's kind of one of the guys I, I really enjoy. Um, I, I learn a lot about business and sales from him. Uh, I, I've signed up for his courses and his, his uh, Grant Cardone University. I've, I've, this, I, I've dumped money into my training from this guy. And what I've learned from him is the more haters you have, the better off you are in business. And I went to his, uh, his second 10X event in Las Vegas a few years ago. It was actually one of the reasons why I decided to move Las Vegas because I, I came here the first time. I'm like, wow, this place is beautiful. I mean, it's February and it's nice and warm. And so, you know, back to the, my back to my point though. So he, he was talking during this uh, event. This was, um, I, don't, I don't recall, maybe 2017. Yeah, it was some time ago, but he was talking about how he thought Donald Trump was going to win the election. And the reason he gave was all you have to do is get half the country to hate you and you're guaranteed to win because that half that hates you is going to spend all of their time yelling and screaming and kicking and pitching a fit about how awful you are that everybody else hears about you as well. So there's an old saying that, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. It's true though, There's, it's really true. If you can get a bunch of people to hate on you and go on Twitter and, and Instagram and YouTube and talk about how terrible you are and write comments about how awful you are, all that does is help your numbers on the algorithms. You know, if you get a bunch of people hating on a tweet, well, you know, that tweet may disappear in a couple of days, no one's ever gonna see it again, but the algorithm sees you as a highly engaged individual and now it's gonna show you to more people, which is sweet. So. You know, don't worry about getting people upset at you because they don't matter. Their opinion of you doesn't matter. The only person whose opinion of you that matters is really yourself. So, you know, take a step back and figure out, are you one of your own haters? Are you somebody who's sitting there going, man, I can't do this. This sucks. This thing I made looks awful. There's no point in trying, blah, blah, blah. Are you one of those people who are just going to sit there and, and, and dump all over your hard work? Or are you going to be your biggest cheerleader? Someone who's like, you know what? It may not have been the best, but at least I tried. I'll do better next time. Or, hey, I got somebody to say something nice about me today. It's a good day. Maybe I'll get two tomorrow. Are you the kind of person who's hating on yourself? Because if you're hating on yourself, it makes it that much easier for haters to hate on you. And this is something I learned way back when I was in elementary school. I, um, I was a nerd. I was, you know, like the vast majority of my listeners at The Gamerpreneur, I was that guy who was a little weird. I kind of sat by myself. I had a really hard time making friends. And um, it, no, I, I guess it was my fault, but I just didn't know how to connect with people. I would try, and I guess their interests just weren't in alignment with mine, and they would just scoff at me and, and then start teasing me. But I remember... I remember this one time I was in fourth grade and I got to school by myself because I had to walk to school and it was roughly a mile to school and it was middle of winter. So it was cold and I got there and I was just sitting on a bench waiting for class to start because I always made sure I got there early because um, I never knew how long the walk was going to take depending on traffic and whatnot. So I got there early and I just sit on this bench waiting by myself and usually there was no other kids at school because I was there so early 
And these two guys walk up to me and go, hey man, are you a loner? And I was in fourth grade and I'd never heard the phrase loner before other than in one other situation. And that was in reference to car loners, like a loner vehicle. So I'm like, uh, no, what you guys talking about? And they just proceeded to talk about how I was a loser and a, and a loner. And I spent all my time by myself. And, and, you know, back then it really did hurt. And for many, 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 many years, I went through that same thing. I eventually got some really good best friends, but when it came to everybody else, I wasn't, I just didn't know how to connect. And it was basically in law school that I finally figured out how to connect with people in real life. Because by then I was already playing video games online. I was playing Warcraft. I was raid leading, guild leading. I had tons of people who loved me. Uh, but in real life, it was the strangest thing trying to just connect to people. It just didn't make sense. And when I was in law school, I had this situation where I was on a budget. I was on a very, very strict budget when I was in law school because I was paying my way through. And so I had, you know, so much money set aside for food each month and like 30 bucks for entertainment. That's how much money I had to like go out and hang with people. So um, I was at school one day and this girl or woman comes up and asks me if I'm going to go on the class trip to go see the Cleveland Cavaliers up in Cleveland. And I'm like, uh, I think the tickets are like 30 bucks and I, I've already like blown through my entertainment budget for the month. I don't have the money to do it. And she goes, come on, everybody's going to be there. It's going to be so much fun. You'll really enjoy yourself. Don't be such a loner or a loser. And I'm like, you know, fine, screw it. But here's my condition. Look, I will go. But I've never driven to Cleveland before. I have no idea what Cleveland is like. I, I don't particularly like driving an hour to somewhere into a bigger city and like trying to figure that out on the fly right before an event, especially a sporting event. So what you're going to do is if I buy this ticket, you have to promise me that you're going to drive me to this event. I'm not going to go otherwise. You have to drive me. Absolutely. Of course I will. Don't worry. You know, it's going to be so much fun. We're looking forward to it. I'll bring a bunch of my girlfriends. We'll all go up in a carpool. Okay, cool. So I bought the ticket, spent more money than I had for the month in order to buy this ticket. So the day comes and, you know, I'm texting her like, Hey, so what time are you going to come pick me up? Do I need to meet you somewhere? I heard nothing. So, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the time of the game. And I'm texting her like, hey, what's the word? Like, what's up? Like, what's happened? So finally, like the game started like three and it was noon. And I got a text message back from her saying, oh, hey, yeah, the girls and I all decided to go shopping before the game. And so we're up here already. Um, sorry, but you're gonna have to find your own way. And it was really then that I realized that you know, anybody else's opinion of me, it doesn't matter because the opinion I had of myself in that moment was really bad. I basically had let somebody use me once again for something. Like she was, she was um, class president at that time and it was really her job to try to like drum up sales into the class for this. And I really got the feeling that I had just been straight used. So I decided that I, I after crying horribly, I cried for like an two hours straight uh, because like it really, really, really hurt this. Like once again, I, I screwed something up. I, I had a weird relationship issue I didn't know how to fix. And so I, uh, I said, screw it. I don't care anymore. I don't care what these people think of me. I don't care, you know, what they say about me. The only person whose opinion of me matters is me. And from now on, I'm awesome. So uh, you may 
have watched How I Met Your Mother, there's a line from Barney about, you know, when I'm sad, I stop being sad, I'd be awesome instead. So I really adopted that philosophy. I actually started suiting up into law school. Before then, I was dressed more like this, but I actually put on a full suit and tie. Uh, for those of you on the podcast, I'm dressed in a dress shirt. But I put on a full suit and tie and I went to class every day. And um, the next year I won a superlative at a law school prom because there's a law school prom every year. But I won an award for most likely to be seen at the bar because I was so social. And I was class president my second year. I was one of the two people to run for class president. Uh, my third year I ended up losing, um, which was a totally different story. But um, I didn't particularly care what anybody thought. I nearly had a statue of me. So my and toward the end of the third year of law school, there's three years in school, um, that you have to pick a class gift as a class. And so nobody had any good ideas for what a class gift should be. But because I was so popular by that point, because I'd gotten over my issues with people, I just stopped caring what they thought and I became popular. Um, I, I put forward to the administration that one of the suggested class gift be a statue of Bradford Carlton, a bronze statue. And the administration actually loved the idea so much that it was on a, a final list of three items that the uh, student body president had to decide upon. And because I had run against her, she said, there's no chance he's getting a statue. So I uh, didn't get my statue either, but it's all right. I thought it was just hilarious that it was on the short list of three things that it could have been our class gift. So, you know, when it comes to your stream, when it comes to your business, when it comes to anything, your haters are a good friend of yours because they, if you can look at what they're saying as potential criticism, and criticism is not a bad word no matter what anybody has told you. Criticism is a good thing because it can help you grow. But if you listen to what they have to say, and it turns out it's something that you actually could improve upon, listen to them, throw yourselves on their side and go, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's something I'm doing wrong. Thanks for the suggestion. And when you thank them for like their hate, they're like, that's not what I meant. I meant like you're a horrible person, but you're like, too bad. I'm going to have to beep that out. So, um, <laughs> so when it comes to your haters, love them. When they say hateful things, don't care because it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter what they have to say. The only person whose opinion of you matters is you. Be you. And what's going to happen is you're going to find people who like you for you. And they're going to start wanting to listen to you more because they like you. They like the person you are and how you act and what you talk about and the things you do. So on that note, I just want to let you know, you know, it's okay to have haters. It's okay to have people say things about you. Don't let it hurt you in any way. Don't let, you know, bad clients hurt you in any way because there's tons of really junky clients out there who, you know, you did a favor for, for taking them on. All right. You know, whether it's your stream or business, the people who are there, you know, you're giving and if they're not happy about it, they can leave. So, on that note, I'm going to end with my, my call phrase of organization is the enemy of sloth. You all take it easy. Hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing and I'll send you this book. I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right, you all take it easy.